May be seated. Loving God, we ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that we will be open to what it is you might want to say to us this day, this first day of a new year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Where did the last five years go? Wasn't it only yesterday that we were celebrating the turn of the century? And now it's already 2006. I imagine our former members are thinking the same thing about the last 50 years as we celebrated our 50th anniversary on December 11th. Think of all the changes that have happened in the life of this church, in Bellevue, in the world, in the last 50 years. Change. It's constant. Daily we hear about changes in our climate, breakthroughs in technology. There are changes in our families, our health, our living situations, job changes, new bosses, new teachers. Changes in everything. Some of the changes are good, some are not. Each new stage of life brings its own unique challenges. We're bombarded by change all the time, everywhere. Every time we drive into Bellevue on almost every corner, there's either a building coming down or going up. I think that's why we sit in the same seats. <laughs> we want at least one thing to remain the same. But I do have a question. How come all of a sudden, all the soap dispensers in public places have all been changed to foam? Who decides that on a certain day this change will occur everywhere? How does that happen? At every turn, we have to learn new ways of doing things. I've told you before about my new lenses. Well, I did wake up the other morning and realized I'd left them in my eyes, which, of course, you're not supposed to do, but I've only done that twice. Our culture screams, I'm new, buy me. Change your car, your home, your computer, your camera, your wardrobe, your fridge as often as possible. You must have the newest of everything. So what can we hold on to in the midst of the constant changes swirling all around us? One of the few constants in our lives is God's unfailing love for us. We can find the courage and the confidence to handle change because God does not change. In Malachi we read, For I, the Lord, do not change. In Hebrews we read, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we encounter change, we can rely on and trust the one who never changes. Change can be overwhelming and at other times exhilarating. Some of you can't get enough change like the children amongst us. You don't think twice about change, do you? Unless your mom or dad wants you to have a change in attitude once in a while or make a change in the state of your room. 
and you can't grow quickly enough. How often do you have your parents measure you? At least once a week. I think this is another reason why Jesus said, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Children don't stop and ask themselves if they want to make the effort to change and grow. That's what they do. But as we grow older, we have to watch out for a condition called hardening of the attitudes. We tend to like the known, the predictable. We like to feel secure, to be in charge and in control. We have to guard against thinking or saying, we've never done it that way before. So in this new year, are you ready for a change? Maybe someone in your house asked that question in a different way if you happened unexpectedly to be the first one out in the car ready to head off for church. So you're ready for a change. There's something about a new year, isn't there, that gives us the desire to perhaps try again to make some changes that maybe we've been thinking about for a long time to try something new. The new year rekindles the hope that we can change. It is possible to be different with God's help. But if you're like me, when I am ready for a change, I want God to make the change happen instantly, with no effort on my part, no repentance, no struggle, no work. Oh, none of this slow, gradual change over a long period of time. We much prefer quick fixes, do we not? We prefer radical makeovers to gradual transformation from the inside out. Why do you think the man in our Bible story had been lying there ill beside the pool for so long? 38 years. That's a long time. Remember, it was a place where the first one into the water, when the water started to bubble, that person would be healed. Now, don't you think he might have somehow perched himself on the edge so that the next person would have pushed him in as they were trying to get into the water? He certainly was used to lying there. That's what he did. That's who he was. The guy who never could get to the water in time to be healed, who lay there watching everyone else get healed, watching other people being set free. Had he simply given up hope? He didn't even seem to have friends who would help him get into the water at the right moment. Now, I'm interested to note that Jesus did not reach out his hand and touch the man, as he often did to heal people. Instead, he asked him, is it a ridiculous question or an unexpected question? Do you want to be made well? The man's reply was to make excuses. How often I do that. Jesus responded with three commands. Stand up, take your mat, and walk. The miracle was that the man was healed and did exactly what Jesus told him to do. He got up and chose a whole new way of life. Radically different from what he'd experienced for the last 38 years. God invites us to be healed and made well, to change and be transformed, but we have to want it. Change is a choice. Over the past 25 years, God has repeatedly asked me, do you want to be healed? 
I've responded with variations of, not really, not today, not right now. It's too difficult, too painful. New things will be required of me, new responsibilities, new challenges, new skills. I'll have to grow in trusting God, others, and myself. We tend to get stuck. Our ruts become very comfortable to us, even our pain, because it's known. Change makes us uncomfortable and anxious. We don't like to venture outside our comfort zone. It's too scary. We don't want to be disturbed, even if we're miserable. Many of us, myself included, only change when we absolutely have to. But God has used change in my life as I've, expected, as I've accepted invitations from God and faced my fears, as I've been challenged to trust and obey God's directions. I've changed continents, states, denominations, jobs, and even my first name. Change requires us to pray, surrender, and to trust. Change invites us to ask for help, to risk, to receive from others, and once again, did I mention, to trust. When I graduated from Fuller Seminary, I hoped to stay on serving at Glencoe Presbyterian Church with Walter Ray, who you remember was our interim senior pastor. I'd been an intern there at his church during seminary. Because of my fears, I wanted to stay where I was known and loved and felt secure. But instead, I received a call to this great congregation. But I vividly recall sitting in worship at Glencoe one Sunday morning, tears streaming down my face, asking God why he was requiring me to leave. Now, don't get me wrong, but the prospect of moving my family to a new city and a new job in a new church, a very large church, was exciting and wonderful, but very scary. Just think what I would have missed if my fear had stopped me from making that change, stepping into the unknown and accepting God's invitation to grow and to learn to trust God more. I would have missed the joy of being here and knowing you, of being here in this beautiful part of the country, but I also would have missed being a part of this amazing community of faith. There are changes that we get to choose, and then there are changes that someone else chooses for us. Have you noticed how God delights in tipping us out of our comfort zones? His specialty is putting us in situations where we have to rely on him and trust that he's in charge. We have to ask ourselves, what does God want me to learn through this change, this upheaval, this situation that I did not sign up for? We had to move houses three times in our first 15 months up here in Bellevue. We changed neighborhoods and our children changed schools more than once. They were very difficult changes. And then recently, I had to move offices. After eight years in the same one, which, by the way, had a lovely view. <laughs> I was not happy the day it dawned on me that I would be asked to move. I understood all of the reasons why, but I hated it. But guess what happened? I took the opportunity to go through all of my files 
and get rid of things that I had carefully filed in my first year here, which had never seen the light of day since. Changing offices, something that was so painful and I resisted and didn't want to happen, turned out to be a very good thing after all. Jesus is always up to something new. Have you noticed that? Something different, something unexpected. If you respond to his invitations in this new year, I will guarantee you'll find yourself being and doing, thinking and saying things you never dreamed of. Now, even when we're ready to grow spiritually, emotionally and relationally and want to change, I still find it very hard to do. There are changes I would have liked to have put in place in the last year, but somehow they just didn't happen. The good news is that we don't have to wait for a whole year if we have not changed by the end of January. Every day is a new chance to change. We will need courage and hope. We'll need people who will help us to follow through on the changes we want to make in our daily lives never mind the changes that God wants to make. So, because I was preaching on this today, I called a friend this week. And we have committed to meeting once a month and checking in with each other every week in between to pray together and to encourage each other in our growth and in the changes we need and want to make. We actually have the dates down in our schedules. We will be a coach for each other offering loving support and accountability. So I encourage you to find someone, if you don't already have this kind of person in your life, to walk alongside you as you grow and change in this new year. Whether it's a coach, a prayer partner, an exercise buddy, a sponsor, a counselor, a spiritual director, or a mentor. That should just about cover it. I know that wishful thinking does not work. Even goal-setting and New Year resolutions won't work unless someone helps us follow through on them. Whether it's establishing a new habit, such as flossing your teeth, or picking up after yourself, or stopping doing something destructive, or spending time serving someone else, we have to be intentional about change or it just won't happen. And remember the kind of transformation that Jesus wants to bring in us happens gradually over time, one change, one step at a time. Our stubborn habits, addictions, and sins will not disappear overnight. But don't overwhelm yourself with trying to make too many changes all at once. And remember, you can grow by being a mentor for someone else. Here at First Press, there are many ways to grow and to help others grow at the same time. And as I already mentioned, we have a great opportunity, February 3 and 4, mark it on your calendar, when Jim Smoke will lead a seminar here for us at the church. We're creatures of habit, are we not? But a small change can make a big impact. Just imagine if you chose to sit in a different place every week, Think how many new people you would meet in a year. And then you would easily be able to turn to three new people at the end of worship before you greeted the people that you've known for years. As we move into this new year, we can have confidence as we face all of the changes 
that will certainly confront us. And we can make the changes God is asking us to make because God is with us. Jesus Christ knows all about our situation and the Holy Spirit will empower us to change. Remember, you can't change other people. It's hard enough changing ourselves. Be as open and flexible as you can to the changes God wants to bring into your life. And remember that God is the one who will actually bring about the changes in us, but we need to cooperate. So, put the scripture up where you can see it every day. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory. As I thought about all the changes in the past 50 years in the life of this congregation and all of the possibilities of the next 50 years, I remembered this picture. That's me watching my grandparents light the candles on the cake celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. There have been many changes, most of them completely unexpected in the life of that little girl. I want to be as full of wonder and anticipation today as I was on that occasion as we wait to see what God wants to do in us and through us as he continues to change us growing us up to be more and more like Jesus so that we can partner with him in changing lives and building his kingdom in Bellevue, in King County, and around the world. So I wrote this prayer poem for this new year. Ready for a change. Lord, help me to be open and ready, ready for the changes you want to make in my life in my heart, in me. Lord, I know that I often resist your changes. I doubt that even your grace can change some of my stubborn, sinful ways, my fearful, selfish ways. I make the excuse that's the way I am, and I settle for less than the new life you offer me, not only at the beginning of a new year, but at the beginning of each new day. You offer invitations to new opportunities, new challenges and new adventures. You invite me to have a new attitude, a new heart, new dreams, new directions, new joy, new hope, new peace, new trust, new life. A new spirit dwelling within me, giving me the desire and the power to change, to stretch, to grow, to risk, to trust, to embrace all the newness you have for me. Lord God, please remind me that I can choose to let go of the old, old, worn-out ways of being and doing and thinking about myself, my life, about you and others and the world. I can choose to change over time with your help, with your love and grace, by your Spirit's power at work in me. Lord, I want to be ready for a change, ready for the changes you long to bring in my life, in my heart, in me. Jesus asks us today, do you want to be healed? 
Do you want to be made well? Are you ready for a change? Loving God, help us to be ready, to be open, as open as we can be, to everything that you want to rearrange and change in our lives so that we can be part of the wonderful, transforming work that you want to do in your world. We ask you, Lord, to start with us and then help us in this new year continue to reach out as we have for 50 years to help in the transformation you want to bring in your world. We thank you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.